Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women. Anything but females. Trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people. Maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And welcome back to another episode of Is Marriage Worth It? So our guest today is Nick. And the way that he became a guest, I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw a comment by him that was just like marriage sucks and I was just like hmm, okay I'm going to ask him to be on the podcast because what does that even mean so Nick thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast thank you for having me so to kick things off can you just tell us a little bit about yourself um my name is Nick Jonas not the um the little boy <laughs> I'm actually older than him um, I've been in the army for 21 years, I guess you could say retired, been around the world. Um, now I am kind of selling insurance, but also waiting to work for the VA. So, um, that's been a process. Um, went to school a whole bunch, got an MBA, I'm a PhD student in public administration right now. Um, and I've been married for 11, 12 years. Um, some of that was in the military. Um, and now I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. I, we have two kids, seven and nine. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a difficult process. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to back things up a little bit. I know you said you were married and you said for how long, but how did you guys meet? So interestingly enough, it was, I call it an arranged marriage, but (laughs) so I I was in the army and um, my aunt was going to church with my wife. And um, I guess my aunt thought that me being a soldier, I would be alone. And um, I, I don't know what she thought. Maybe she thought I was whatever. I needed some stability, some groundedness. And so um, she introduced me. Uh, we started talking via internet and things like that. Um, got to know one another. We got married. And I mean, we're still married. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. They, we got hooked up through my aunt and her going to church together. So, yeah. How long did you know each other before you guys got married? Um. So I think, let's see, we started talking when I was in Iraq. And then I came back from Iraq and then we stopped talking. So a year and then we started talking again before I went to Germany and so maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that time, were you guys able to see each other? Did you guys go on dates? Oh, it was all a lot of 
conversation, which I think is healthy, actually, um, because you get to know a lot about a person when you are having, you know, deep conversations often. Um, in the, I guess you could call it non-traditional, traditional, <laughs> uh, the contemporary view of marriage, people meet, they date, you know, they have sex a whole bunch and then they say, oh, let's get married. And then they get married. And you know, that's essentially what it is, right? Um, so, in our case, it was more conversation. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, both of us needed something from the other person. So um, I think that's how marriage started. I think it should stay that way. But I think once the need ends, things start to get a little different. <laughs> Yeah. So when you look at like, um, and I'll frame it this way, when you look at uh, marriages that are like, um, look at gold digger situations, right? Be it male or female, doesn't matter, right? Or male or male or whatever. I'm going to just keep it heterosexual because I'm heterosexual. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to go into the whole I'm confusing um, LGBTQI stuff because that that gets confusing when you're talking about marriage, right? And gender roles and things like that. So let's just, for the sake of (laughs) my own sanity, let's just um, avoid that group, not necessarily to, you know, ostracize them, but... For simplicity's sake. Yeah, they're different. They're different, right? Um, So if you look at a, a traditional... I could call it traditional, traditional gold digger role, right? Um, Because uh, marriages were um, designed for one group or one party to gain something, right? It was always Mm -hmm. that way. So if a king was arranging a marriage or even look at today, you got a a rapper or a, a basketball player, whatever. There's a rich person and then there's not a rich person, right? And so in those relationships, as long as a person stays rich, then the relationships stay together. You ever notice that? It's like, let's say an old person who marries a young person. The old person's rich, the young person's poor. As long as the old person is still providing, the marriage stays together because you have that symbiosis. But I think once the symbiosis um, relationship is eroded, then so does the marriage, in my opinion. So. Interesting. So going, okay, I understand what you're talking about with like marriage was for a purpose. Somebody was looking for something and if the other person can provide it, then you stay in it while they can provide for you. But, you know, if something happens and that somehow falls apart, most people will not be inclined to stay. Correct. Okay. Go ahead. And I want to be clear, it doesn't have to be financial, right? I think um, a lot of times, you know, we push that for men, right? Generally speaking, men aren't looking for financial gain in a marriage. Um, Traditionally, men, you know, made more. And so women were in a position where they had to, you know, seek a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that beneficial for the parents to get rid of this daughter of mine and then 
um, beneficial for the woman because now she has, you know, she can start her own family and, and such. So, um, but it doesn't have to always be financial. It could be, um, you know, sexual. It could be superficial, right? As long as the person is pretty, I'll stay with them. Mm-hmm. As long as the person writes poetry, I'll stay with them. As long as the person keeps making music, I'll stay with them. And so those are the things that I think, um, they're not, I wouldn't call them wrong, but they're promises almost because when I met you, you were making music and now you're not. And that's why I married you in the first place. And so mm-hmm. now that you're not making music, this is terrible. <laughs> right. So it's that conditional love. There are conditions. Like I met you, you were doing this. You're no longer doing this. I don't know you anymore. There's no room for growth or change with that. I wouldn't say conditional. I would say transactional, right? I think um, as long as you're giving me something that I needed, whatever it is, and I'm giving you something that you need, then it works. And I think um, when one party or both parties stop doing the thing that um, was transactional, right? Because it has to be an exchange. Mm-hmm. then it doesn't, I don't think it works. I think it becomes painful. Yeah. So going back to your story, you guys more so chatted online, phone calls, I guess, Skype. Would yeah, be video, nice. yeah, yeah. Video chat would be yeah. the thing. Yeah. So how did you know you wanted to propose or get married? Like, how did that come about? I think because... Um, for most men, right? Heterosexual, right? It's, we know already if we want to marry somebody, right? And I don't think, well, I shouldn't say that. There's not too much convincing that is required for a man to, you know, want to marry a woman, right? Um, But for women, I think it's a little different. You guys require a lot more coaxing and trickery and, <laughs> um, you know, we have to, you know, stoke the fire, if you will, um, to get it to work. But for men, and if most men are being honest, they, they could marry, you know, any woman that they see from day one. It, there's not too much that needs to be seen from us because we're, we're, we're pragmatic simple creatures, right? We're not as complex as you guys are. Um, and so if you look in history, right, you go back to, you know, kingdoms, you, you'd have a rate. Whoops. Sorry. You go back to kingdoms, you had these arranged marriages, right? They see each mm-hmm. other and it was like, it worked. You go to India, they still do arranged marriages. A lot of the country, a lot of the world actually, Iraq, they still do arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, so for men, it's never been an issue. It's, it's easy. It's simple, right? Here's the person I need to provide for. I'll do that. Um, for women, you guys are a little more complicated. So um, like I said, for me as a man, it was it was easy. You know, she was a God-fearing woman and she's a great communicator. She sung in the church. I played the piano. She's pretty. She has a nice body. It was like, she's intelligent. It was easy. Um, but 
So did you guys have talks of marriage before you proposed? Yeah. So this is the lie, right? So <laughs> you get um promises. <laughs> um and I guess this is a woman thing where you guys are good at that, like making promises. I'd call it manipulation. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's probably a bad word. Uh, probably get in trouble for that. But um, <laughs> it is men are more straightforward about stuff. We're we're honest, and I think I know that sounds crazy, right? Because men are notorious liars, but. I think what happens, this is what I think happens. I think a man goes into a relationship accepting what he sees. And I think a woman goes into a relationship saying, hmm, I'm going to make that claim my own. (laughs) And so I think women are looking at a man's potential and a man is looking at a woman's presentation. So this is what you are. I'll take you for that. And the women is just looking at like, I can really change his clothes. I could change the way he wears his hair. I, can, <laughs> I, I want him to go back to school. Like I had, like in your head, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's how I feel like it happens, but mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that accurate? I don't know. In relationships that you've been in, have you been with? So look at like a lot of women who are with losers, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No woman wants a loser, but I think the women see the potential. And so they stay with this person because they're, they espouse the potential. It does depend on who you're talking. It depends on the woman because there are women that will see a man and they can see what they could potentially become. And sometimes you think you can change a person. You really can't. Disclaimer. You can't change a person. There's no way to do it. But sometimes you can hope and wish for that, even though you do understand that you can't change a person. So I see the point that you're making with women sometimes do see potential more often than looking at the hard facts, but it's not always the case. You can't change somebody's core, but I think that a person can bring out the potential in somebody and then they become better. So I think that happens a lot of the time too, in which they see the potential, they nourish the potential, and then the potential comes to fruition. Then they leave you for a white girl, but you know, sometimes that happens too. (laughs) You know, I I have... (laughs) It's funny, I have a lot of opinions about that, but (laughs) <laughs> I don't I feel like that's a whole that's a that's a different pod that's a different episode. Um <laughs> so there's a lot to that, right? There's a lot to it, yeah. There, there's a lot to that. And as a person who I would say I am mostly successful, um it's not their fault. Like I don't think um and I know this is for another episode, but just to give the teaser, right? For <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think men, black men, right, mm-hmm. say, you know what? When I get rich, I'm gonna have the best white woman I can get. I don't think that's what happens. I think your status changes, your your circle changes, where you live changes. Um, the gym I go to 
Mm-hmm. There are no black women in that gym at all, ever. Not one, not ever. Um, so imagine I'm a single man and I'm in the gym all the time. What am I? I have no choice. If I go to the coffee shop, that's what I see. If I, let's say you're rich, right? If I give you 20, $30 million today, where are you going to live? Right? Mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to live in a place that has more non-black people than black people because that's just, they had the head start. And so when you're rich now, you catch up and that's where you end up. It's not even that you are seeking it out. It's that's all that you see. But yeah, that's another episode, right? (laughs) Yeah, another episode. (laughs) We're not leaving our black women for white women. That's not what's happening. No, no, I don't think so. Is that is that what you feel? Like you look like that's what you feel. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. So going back, did you um did you have a whole um proposal? How did the engagement go down? Um so I had a set of rules. Um <laughs> I had a set of uh terms. <laughs> And um, I said, hey, these these are the terms. Are you willing to accept these terms? Because if so, I will do everything in my power to be the best man I could be, provide for you and all of this good stuff. And, you know, so that that's more or less how it went down. Wait, was this like a physical like list of rules that you handed her and said, no, hey, no, 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 no. Okay. I should have, though. I should have made a contract. <laughs> you know, Dave now I'm side eyeing you real hard. Dave Chappelle with the love contract. I don't know if you saw that episode, but that, yes, that would save a lot of humans, you know, trouble. Um, but yeah, you know, so I think, I think that's something that we don't do, right? Um, we don't set expectations and verbalize them. I think we have expectations when we we internalize them and mm-hmm. we just expect the other person to know. But um and and so me knowing that, and let me give you some brief history on my background, because I know I'm a I'm a strange person, right? So I in the army, I was a um a victim advocate. So I would advocate for um victims of sexual assault, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. I also did um um, diversity and inclusion stuff. So I was a, a EEO rep. So um, going back to the love contract, right? So imagine my mindset as a person who um, deals with victims who were in situations like say they were at a club and they were drinking and both parties were drinking and, you know, intercourse happened and they both wake up like, oh, this was a mistake. And now someone goes to jail, right? Because um, the way the rules work, if you're inebriated, you can't consent. Um, And basically whoever tells first is the person who's guilty of sexual assault. That's how it works. That's Mm -hmm. how the laws work. So um, coming from that background, I'm more of a like we need is is this gonna happen? Are we gonna do this? Because I, you know, so yeah, I had I had rules or terms. <laughs> I had terms. Um, 
So she mm-hmm. obviously agreed to them, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. How long in between of that talk of here are the terms and rules and that to you guys saying I do? Um, it was a few months, actually. So, I mean, this is a podcast, so we have to be clear, right? So the terms... <laughs> um, I'll say this when when men are going into marriage. Right. And men around the world, if you're listening to this, you know, you just need to be honest and tell the truth. Right. Tell the truth. (laughs) You know. We're thinking. Finally, I can live life without condoms. I don't have to worry about STDs. I can be free. I can. do all the nasty, imaginative, insane things that I want to do with my wife. And it's going to be great. And I can do this every single day, day in, day out. I don't care. When she gets her period, she's going to give me fellatio and life is going to be great. (laughs) And those migraines, they don't exist. This is what men think. And yes, and I, I assure you, there's a man listening right now. He's clicking the like button or he's subscribing and he's cheering. It's like, yes, finally someone's telling the truth. Don't subscribe to this podcast if you agree. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, you know what? I'm going to help some women out there because that's what men are thinking, right? And what women are thinking, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know what women are thinking, but that's what men are thinking. And so when that doesn't happen, right? There's disappointment and then there's resentment, there's anger, there's frustration. And a lot of cases you have cheating, right? You have um, replacement therapy, I'd call it, right? I want something, I can't have it. So what do I do about it, right? And I think for women, Generally, you guys don't experience that because society has have it so that you always get what you want, except for equal pay and equal rights. But that's a different story. (laughs) The trade off is, you know, the trade off is getting whatever you want. Right. I mean, let's be honest. There is an engagement gets their big ring. Right. What do men get? You see? When you say it out loud, <laughs> when you say it out loud, it, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. That's, all right, he, he might be honest, all right, uh, whatever. <laughs> but it's the truth, right? What do they say, happy happy wife, happy life? I hate that right? thing. Does anyone say happy husband, happy house? Ha- nothing, no, absolutely happy not. Happy spouse, happy house. What spouse are they referring to? It could be either. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's not how that works. It is how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Valentine's Day. Right? Who's that? Whose holiday is that? There's hearts, there's flowers. See, you guys don't want to admit to it, but this is this is what we've done, right? And so so you guys aren't used to getting no. You guys aren't used to hearing no. You guys are used to getting everything you want. And men just have to deal with it, right? 
But when we get married, we're thinking like there's going to be no more rejection, right? You're at the club, you're at the bar, the man approaches you, you say, no, get out of my face. And he has to walk away and deal with it. But women never get a no, right? So in our mind, when we're walking down the aisle, we're thinking, wow, finally, no more no's. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts and it sucks, but this is the reality. So I have a theory. I call it 100% theory. Um, I haven't copyright written it yet, but I, I should. So 100% theory basically goes like this. If you're in a relationship, you can only do 100%, right? So, and that includes both people. We've learned this in math. If you have a pie, the pie, eight of eight is 100%. So if I am doing five things, five of eight, that leaves the other person to only do three of eight. Mm -hmm. So they can't also give 90% if I'm giving 90%. If I wash the dishes, they're washed already. So you can't Mm -hmm. wash them. And I think the issue a lot of people have um, in relationships is that they're doing 90% or 80% and they're expecting the other person to also do 80% and they can't. It's mathematically impossible. So if you're doing 80, the other person is only left to do 20. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> it just, the follow-up would be, so how does the, so who's responsible for bringing the other person closer to even? It, it's, it's both parties' responsibility, but you have to understand that if I want you to do the dishes, I can't do the dishes. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I can't wash the dishes and complain that I did that I washed the dishes because that's what happens, right? You wash the dishes. I'm always washing the dishes. You never wash the dishes. Well, leave them in the sink and maybe I'll wash them. Right? But maybe you'll wash them. Well, that's you have that you can only give a hundred percent in a relationship. So and it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be mm-hmm. bills, it could be um coming up with places to go it could be coming up with things to do um it could be making up the bed you only can do 100 percent together so if i'm giving 80 you can only give 20 it's just the way it works Mm -hmm. if i cut the grass i can't complain that you didn't cut the grass because i already cut it so next time maybe i don't need to cut the grass and complain before and say, hey, I always cut the grass. You didn't cut the grass. The grass is long. You want to go cut it? Instead of doing the opposite, which is what people do, they do the thing and then complain that they did it. And that is my um, abridged version of the 100% theory. And it goes into a lot of other different things like um, anything you're lacking in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of you have done this, right? This is the perfect man complex. So you're in a relationship. And you have a person who is not exciting, right? Maybe they don't like to eat sushi, mm-hmm. but you have a friend who likes to eat sushi. And so you and the friend eat sushi, but you and the person in your relationship don't eat sushi. Now, mm-hmm. you're willing to accept the fact that they don't eat sushi as long as you have the person who's going to eat sushi with you. When that person decides to not eat sushi anymore, now you have a problem with your spouse 
and they're not eating sushi. <laughs> that one's going to take a little longer to sink in. Yeah. So it, it could be anything. Right? Mm-hmm. So then now you have um, parties or people, situations that fill the void of the thing that your spouse isn't doing. And it could be anything, but that thing fills a void. And as long as the void is being filled, then you're okay with them not doing it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But as long as if the void does not get filled, it becomes a problem again. And it could be anything. It could be, um, I don't know, going to the gym, right? I like to go to the gym. I wish my spouse would work out with me. She doesn't, right? So, oh, here's George or here's Karen. She's in the gym. I'm going to go work out with Karen or work out with George. George or Karen decides they don't want to work out with me. Now I'm mad at the spouse. How come you don't want to work out with me? Right? Mm -hmm. This happens. You do this subconsciously in relationships. In fact, you do this subconsciously when you're not in relationships. That's why so many people are able to not be in relationships for so long because they have people to fill the void. They have the friend who will go out to eat with them because they don't like to eat alone. They have the friend who will sit down and talk to them all night because they don't have anybody to talk to. You have people in relationships who don't even communicate, but as long as they can communicate with their friends, they'll stay in the relationship. Healthy or unhealthy, I don't know. But this is what we do. This is what humans do. Um, And I think some people would call it a support system. (laughs) Um, Other people would call it unhealthy. You know, they would say, well, your partner is supposed to be, you know, make you whole and things like that. Um, Personally, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I just, this is just an observation. And I think we need to acknowledge that it's the truth. So I say all that to say for you married folks out there and people in relationships or people who want to be in relationships, um, maybe if you give up that other person, you'll actually see the things that you're lacking. Or maybe if you're lacking something, get a side piece who will do the thing that you're lacking. And maybe the side pieces keep relationships together. So don't get mad at them. When you flesh out this theory, I'll read the book. Yeah. (laughs) No, I knew that's where you weren't going. So. (laughs) But that's basically the gist of it. And I think, um, like I said, we all do it. And it could be social media. Social media could be the the void filler, right? Mm -hmm. Give you the dopamine release, the clicks, the yes, you know, the likes, whatever. Um, And I think those are the things that help keep relationships together but also destroy them because maybe now the thing that was filling the void can do other things that maybe your spouse can do but or is doing but you just like well if you can do these six things and you know they only do these two things then maybe i'll just stick with you right and maybe the other two things are very very important but you don't realize that until you jump in and now it's all ruined so like Chanel said, when you finish that book, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Way more complicated than I presented it there, but absolutely. That's why yeah. we need you to finish the book. <laughs> Start a marriage worth it book club. 
Hey, that, that, that might be healthy. <laughs> so, so what was your first year of marriage like? Um, the first year was pretty great, actually. Um, we were living in Georgia. And um, we opted for buying a house instead of having a big, extravagant, ridiculous wedding. Um, and so we lived in our nice house in Georgia and we were having fun. And then we weren't. <laughs> uh, so you were active at this time. Were you at home all 12 months or? Yeah, I would say from the time, what do you mean all 12 months? Well, so we've had a few military people in the past and a lot of times they get deployed or have to do yeah. since other places. So in the first 12 months of marriage, they're not there. All, oh, yeah. No, no, wait no. till a, a whole 12 yeah. months. Yeah. So I was I was home. I was home. Okay. We were together. And, you know, um, we didn't do the whole living together thing first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like getting to know each other. And that part was actually fun for me. You know, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think every couple has uh, disagreements, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like my dishes this way, or I like these kind of knives. I like <laughs> slippers to go here versus there. Um, you know, I like these bed sheets versus those bed sheets. Um, so those are the expected things, like I said, but for men and women, the expectations following the nuptials are completely different. Um, and and the, I would say for women aren't as vocal about what they actually want. You know, like you never know what your your wife wants. So when you see happy wife, happy life, you, you you're not certain. If you ask a man what's he what he wants, he's gonna tell you. I'll give you an example, right? So there's probably people listening out here, and you guys will either mm-hmm. um, accept the truth or say nothing, because that's what I learned. <laughs> All right. So you're hungry, right? And your man asks you, "What do you want to eat?" I hate this so much. But it's the truth, right? And, and the woman says, anything, I don't know, whatever. And then the man starts to what? Name restaurants. And you'll say, no, I mean, I can eat anything, right? Chilies, I'm not really feeling chilies. Anything, doesn't matter. Red lobsters, nah, I'm not really feeling red lobsters. You just keep going through the cycle. What I've learned to, compete, to, uh, to, uh, to combat that is when they say that, right? I have to say, back. Take, guess what I feel like eating? And that's when you will guess what you actually want to eat. <laughs> so I've heard this trick before, and that's not a bad idea. However, <laughs> I think you, do you, okay, first of all, do you always know what you want to eat? Yeah. You always know what you want to eat. So if I ask you right now, what do you want to eat? What do you what would you say? I'd say coffee, because that's what I'm drinking. I said eat. That's a beverage. Coffee's a, <laughs> coffee's a fine meal, man. <laughs> the army has done you a disservice. <laughs> you should get your money back. Because if you ask me what I wanted right now, I would say 
three tacos from Chipotle, French fries from McDonald's, and a cooler from Culver's. And a good. Would you go? Would you go to all three places? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you're one of. That's not common. Because I don't always want to go to all three places for my own self. You see, but that's the they're in the same so, plaza. Wait a minute. So that, that's what happens, right? What you just said is actually what happens. So you want three different things. And out of consideration for for the man. Out of consideration for the man, yeah. I'm not going to ask for all three. Yeah. So now I have to rank what I want from which place do I want the most from? But see, here's the problem with Women don't understand men because men want to give you what you want. Don't you understand this? Men are wired to be heroes. Hold the door. Let the woman in first. Don't hit a woman. Do all these things. Protect her. Men are wired to give you what you want. I know it sounds crazy. (laughs) No, I think we both have different ideas of always and i think we're using absolute language and i think we shouldn't no i think we should because (laughs) (laughs) this is you see this is the this is the rub men actually want to give women what they want and women feel say it what feel you can fill in a blank feel that's it men want to do so you don't feel no (laughs) like women feel what exactly i don't know (laughs) that's what you're supposed to (laughs) feel in the black (laughs) okay no seriously so think about it you you mentioned three things that you wanted and you didn't want to present those three things because you've already created the excuse for the man that i don't want him to have to go through these things because is it an excuse or is it past experiences of people telling me you can't have all three pick one? Is that what happened? Was that from your man or your parents? Well, I'd I never like... give my parents three options. They would always say no. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'm spitting it on myself and they still would be like, you can't go to three places. And additionally, yes, I've been in a scenario in which he was like, mm, just pick one. So, so I would ask, are you married? No. Uh, see, if you were married, right, that man would absolutely do that. He would. He would. Because. Well, yeah, he would, because I would have been married to him. <laughs> Correct. But that's only if you're married to the right one. Exactly. <laughs> Not all men Not are going all. to what do does that. that mean? What does that mean? You see, that's what I'm trying to tell you, that men are hardwired to be heroes. We want to help. In that same logic, women, all women are wired to be nurturers. So we would want to take care of you. Have you ever been driving down the side of a road on a highway? Yes, multiple times. And, and you see a woman stranded and there's always somebody helping, right? And you see a man stranded and there's no one helping. I don't know. I've been. I've seen both. I've seen both scenarios <laughs> in which each gender has both. I've seen people of all genders both being assisted in a scenario like that in which somebody's pulled over and they go and they ask for assistance. And I've seen scenarios in which 
everyone's just stranded by themselves. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not stopping because I don't have enough car knowledge to assist anybody in that scenario. So. I think my, my point is men want to help. We always mm-hmm. want to be heroes. We want to validate our existence. We want to prove our worth. And I don't think women have that issue. They don't have that obligation. Society hasn't forced you to have that obligation. So in the marriage, those same societal um, norms, they transfer into the marriage. Whereas the man wants to have the happy house and he wants to do every single thing the woman asks for. He wants to give you. So if you say, I want, you know, lemons for my birthday, he's going to give you lemons. Right. Like women probably want him to just know what you want, but that's not how men um, are wired. And so because we want to give you what you want, um, we expect you to give us what we want. (laughs) That's not what happens at all. And I think that's what makes um, marriages not enjoyable or I'd say both parties, you know, people say communication, you have to communicate. I don't think people have a problem communicating. You've been in many arguments. You were communicating, (laughs) right? Um, Effectively, obviously. Oh, they hear you. But what makes people not want to do the thing that, you know, you asked for? It, It becomes like a resentment. It becomes pride, right? I'm not doing that for him. Why? Why not? You would do it if your boss asked you to do it. You know, you would do it if your girlfriend asked you to do it. But your husband, I'm not doing that. It's crazy. Doesn't make sense. I don't know why. But in my experience and other men's experience, like I said, I've been around the world. Um, Europe, I haven't been to Africa, so. I don't know, Um, but I've been through Europe. I've been through Asia, um, Middle East, all around America, 43 states, I think last time I counted. Um, So I'm well-traveled. I've seen a lot. I've met a lot of humans. And I can tell you that the things that I'm saying are not isolated to just me as this black man here in New Jersey. Um, There are many men if they get the chance to listen, they will agree. Um, And I think for women who are listening out there, listen to your man because he's very simple. We are not complicated creatures. We are so simple. It's, It's literally that easy to have, in my opinion, a happy marriage. Now, I'm not gonna talk about financial, right, or the way you raise your kids or religious beliefs, or in some cases, political beliefs, um, those are different, right? But as far as emotional, as far as um, the giving and receiving aspect, as far as communication, as far as respect, um, I'm pretty sure most heterosexual men if not all, will agree with every single thing I said. <laughs> and it's it's literally that simple. You know, if you're hungry, we're never going to let you be hungry. We're going to find something to give you. We'll be mad at you 
because you didn't pick a place so that we can be the hero that day. But if we need something, it's very easy to get a no out of a woman because you've always been saying no. It's like you're used to it. You've been rejecting all the time. <laughs> it's true. Think about it. You're going to say no, no right now. No, I'm... <laughs> Yes, I'm going to say no, because in this conversation, the only thing that you've said that you've desired is sex. You haven't said, oh, I desire to you know, be comforted when I'm sad or I need you to know when. What, what do you think that comfort is? Is so sex it. the only way you find comfort? Uh, as men, mostly. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. Look at. Look at, you know what? You need what? to find the whole spectrum of human emotions because there's so much more than just sex. There is, but what I think what people don't understand is that connection creates the link for other things to happen. That communication, right? That holding. And it's not, and it's not just sex, right? But it is affection. And if affection, if sex isn't happening, you're not going to have affection. And if affection's not happening, you're not going to have communication. It's just the way it works. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. It doesn't sound I'm, ridiculous. I'm giving just... it to you from a man's perspective, right? This is what it is. Look, okay, check this out. Mm -hmm. If it's not sex, Look at our society. Look at a music video of any kind. Look at an advertisement. Look at the way even the gay men are telling you how to dress because y'all allowed them to tell you how to dress forever. I don't know why, but whatever. Look at how women are sexualized to the point where you guys are sexualizing yourself, but you don't want attention because that's sexual harassment, <laughs> right? Look at what society is. And you can't tell me that this is a new revelation that it's not a new revelation, but you have to understand who is in charge of advertisements, who is in charge of making sure that the society keeps running the way that it's constantly been running. So it's it's weird to sexualize perfume when it's just something that makes you smell nice. It's weird to sexualize food in the way that we do in this society beverages and sports and different things like that. But I, but you have to understand like who runs these corporations. Okay. So watch this now. I'm glad you mentioned perfume. What is the point of perfume? To smell nice, to make the person smell nice. For what? You see now a woman is going to say it's so that I feel confident, right? So I smell pretty. For who? For everyone who walks by me. For okay, think about that. So then, what is that next step? So no, no, no. What is the assumed next step? Because it doesn't have to be the next step. Correct. But but that doesn't mean it has to be the next step. Okay, let's look at the animal kingdom. What is pheromones and perfume are not the same. For who? There are not animals out there that <laughs> smell like vanilla. I'm not trying to smell like vanilla because I want somebody. I smell like vanilla because I like vanilla. So why do they put pheromones in the perfume? They don't put pheromones in all perfumes. You see, this is the funny thing, right? So um, for a man, the point of anything, we have a nice car, 
is to get women to be attracted to the car, right? To show that we have wealth. So men are dri- men are driven. I, I know you're, you're disagreeing, but listen, men are. No, driven. I know the problem is I know. <laughs> I know that's what I know. That's the goal. Yeah. I have a nice car, so women will like my car. Correct. I have nice clothes, so women will like my clothes. Correct. And if you look in the animal kingdom, isn't that the same thing birds do? The male bird has the most beautiful plumage. He makes sure it's well groomed. He builds a nest. He does. He, he, he adorns the nest with, with little things to attract mm-hmm. the female to come stay at his nest so that they can lay eggs. <laughs> right. This is we mimic the same behaviors, but in what we believe to be a more civilized way. And then we're surprised by the outcome. Like, why do men always think about sex? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's because you wear yoga pants. And to us, yoga pants are sprayed on clothes. You're really just naked. You're showing us your everything, your entire form. You're sprinkling perfume. So you're sending us all of these sexual signals in nature that has been programmed in us. And then you say, no, I don't feel like a headache. I'm tired. (laughs) So when did marriage start to suck? When what I said just happened. <laughs> well, like when did that happen in eleven and in the eleven years? Um, probably like year two, and I think um for most people that's about accurate. Year two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would How say did you most... make it to eleven then? <sighs> Replacement theory, right? just like everyone else. So, you know, keeping myself busy with work, school, um, keep trying to make the other person happier because in our minds as men, we feel like if we continue to, if we go, if we step it up even more, (laughs) we'll definitely have, you know, success this time. That's how men think. But so it's did not. you ever stop and have a talk with your wife about what was going of course. on? Of course. And nothing changed? Well, you get promises, right? Um, you get um, thoughts of, oh, well, you know, it's this, it's that, this is the reason, that's the reason. Um, there was a TED Talk and I wish I remember the lady, she was a therapist mm-hmm. and she was talking about um, um, women and their headaches. She's like, women, come on, be honest. You know, if it wasn't the headache, it's going to be the back. It's going to be your tired. It's going to be something, whatever the excuse is, it's going to be that excuse. And she basically was saying that um, much like anything you don't want to do, you're going to create a reason to not want to do it. And um, so for marriages, I would say that that, I wouldn't say it's the only reason people get divorced and marriages fail, but I will say that it is the main reason because the other things a man will overlook if he's getting what he needs sexually. And and you can see this in extremely toxic relationships, right? Um, Where the women are completely mistreating this guy or whatever the case may be or she's useless, whatever, she doesn't work, whatever the thing is, but he's getting that one 
need met. And so he stays and he continues to provide. Um, so. So for you, was marriage a goal so you could have, I guess, everyday sex, like you said, back when you started? Was that the reason that you wanted to get married? Yeah, that's the reason why most men. No, not most men. Just you. Okay. I'm asking. Okay. Well, yeah, me. Yes. Yes. That's the reason that you got married. That's, yeah, that's the goal. See, I think, <laughs> like I said, if, if most men are being honest, that is the goal. That is the reason. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, we want to provide. But we want what we want. But why get married then? Why? Yeah. I would say most people probably shouldn't. But the why is that's the thought. That's the hope. I don't I don't think um, if you look at society today, right? Marriages are down. Procreation is down. And it's probably because more people are open about what marriage actually is, that it leaves a lot of women wanting to be married and a lot of men saying, no, thanks. Right. Because it doesn't benefit us. It doesn't have any true tangible benefit. Like if you say, well, kids, well, we can make a kid. Right. If, and this is just, I'm going to be the total um, objective jerk. Right. If, Society is run by men, as you mentioned, right, with the whole advertising and all that stuff. And if men are getting paid more than women, right, and if men are in the better jobs, if men have the societal edge, right, the control, the economic, socioeconomic edge, then what is then the tangible benefit of a man being married? Because remember, again, the goal, and this is just me, right? The goal is sexual in nature, freedom, sexual freedom, right? So if I can do that, probably that's why there's so many bisexual men out there in the world. I don't know. But that sexual freedom, if that is the goal and they can achieve that, you know, without marriage, I think that's what they're going to do. And I lived in Georgia. That is the most homosexual place I've ever been in in my life. Um, And there are so many single women and they'll stay that way forever because it's just the way it is. Um, Because a man has the opportunity to have what he wants without having to do that thing. And the women are now writing songs about it, right? If you listen to women's rap lyrics, how they've changed over the years, right? You went from the brat, that's what I'm looking for, right? A one man to people having WAP and sharing it out because the over-sexualized society has shown that that there is no tangible benefit for a man to get married. There's no benefit. People will say, oh, well, connection. Nick, you're wrong. Connection, love. Yeah, okay. Sure. Sure. So do you believe 
in love. Do you believe in love? Of course. I think, honestly, the, the truest love that exists is a love between a parent and child. You think you love somebody until you have a child, right? And then you're like, whoa, this is, this is real, you know? And believe me, I love my wife. I give her anything she ever asked for. She has never heard no from me, ever. Uh, and she never will. Because why? Men want to be heroes. Men want to give you what you want. But we're so used to hearing no, like I said, that then what is the benefit for us? And there's none. There's none. I'll be honest. There's none. There is no tangible benefit for a man to get married. Absolutely not. So to answer the question of the, the, you know, the, the podcast itself is marriage worth it. It's worth it for women currently in this socioeconomic um, thing that we have going on in society. But I think as that changes, as women start making more money, you notice that they're not getting married either. <laughs> you know, look it up. This is not an opinion. This is facts. Women are not having children. Women are adopting at 40. Look at the brat, right? She, she had a white baby with her lesbian wife, black lesbian wife, <laughs> when and impregnated with a white baby at, you know, in her 50. I think she's 50. I don't know how old she is. She's old, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is across society, right? You can, it's not just black people, it's not it's white people, everybody. We're more into ourselves, we're more into, um, I don't know. I could blame social media, but it's not. It's, I think, this is my um, hypothesis. I think it's that um, the socioeconomic scale between men and women is evening out, right? And so, like I mentioned before, when in back in the days when the woman had less money, it was more beneficial to get married to the guy because he had more money and he could protect him, you know, take care of her and all that stuff. But now that it's evening out, I think even the women are looking across the aisle like, well, why would I even do that? And the men are looking across the aisle like, well, why would I even do that? Hence why poor people stay together and wealthy people get divorced. That's in the books. That is the fact. <laughs> that's not that's not Nick's opinion. Um, so. so when you guys became parents, was there a shift in husband and wife when you guys transitioned to the title of parents also? What do you mean shift? Like, uh, Was it a change in your dynamic, in your partnership, in your relationship? Um, not really. I would say, so here's where I'm strange. I know that I'm more of um a nurturer when it comes to children and i think um that's another societal change that you can see over time um if you look 20 30 years ago the men were just absent right probably because they were tired i don't know or they just felt that that wasn't their role but men of today are more involved in the kids lives and more um nurturers in that respect so um i don't think there was really a shift in our situation because I I think it was more like an exposure to see 50-50 in that respect. Mm -hmm. Um, 
where prior to it wasn't really 50 50 you know because it wasn't you, anything to do so when you guys started sense. having um when you guys started having kids how did you guys make time for each other there was no time before so there was no time after <laughs> the headaches right <laughs> um they came somehow and people say that but it really only takes one you know one Fair moment enough. and that nine months eight months ten months a year it only takes one moment so yeah <laughs> but um i don't think i'm um you know an outlier in this thing i think that's common if you canvas and uh, survey most um relationships um, you'd see that that's the issue. And, and what I was going to say earlier, mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you brought back to, you came back to that because for men, we'll overlook all of your other flaws if we're getting what we need. Right. And, and you're probably thinking that's ridiculous, but consider men by crackhead prostitutes at truck stops, right? <laughs> Think about that. So that tells you that the desire is strong, right? They need this thing. Um, and women don't do that, which tells you that your guy's desire is not that. It's something else, whatever it is, emotional, maybe attention, um, affection, however you get your dopamine release, your reward center, whatever it is, um, ours is through, you know, sexual gratification. Um, and I think people should pay attention to that fact, right? Mm -hmm. And just accept it because that's what it is. And it's not going to change. Um, not in our lifetime. So understand that those people who are going into a marriage, if they want it to work, if they want to be happy, if they want to get the things they need, if they want, um, you know, peace in the home, you know, break off a piece, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do because you've done worse for people who didn't deserve it. And I'll just say that, you know. So to I, clarify, yeah. you're still actively married. Yes. And you plan to continue to be married? I don't know. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I've, um, I've considered other options, but, you know, honestly, for me, I love being a father. Um, and so... At some point, I feel like, okay, that's a necessary sacrifice. But at other points, I feel like, well, you know, what about me kind of thing. But as a man, society has told me that it's not about me. As a soldier, I'm conditioned to understand that if I'm willing to give my life in the defense of a country that doesn't respect me, then I can damn sure hang around and watch Pornhub for my kids, you know what I mean? So, 
that's my take on it. Other people are different, you know? So, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm here. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Marriage Worth It. You can also email us at marriageworthit at gmail.com. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And this has been... Is Marriage Worth It? <laughs>